It's so easy to get caught up in the how we're doing things and completely miss or just assume that we all know the why. On this episode, Gina Bianchini, the founder of Mighty Networks, on the power of why over how. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 460. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. If you've done any leadership at all, or attempted to lead in any kind of organization, you know the importance of the words mission and purpose. We hear about them a lot. And yet, I think we don't really see a lot of good examples of not only having a mission, one that is going to do great things in the world and for the organization and the people the organization serves, but also being able to follow a mission with diligence and consistency. Today's guest is a great example of not only this from a personal leadership perspective, but also from leading an organization that's doing some exciting things. I'm so glad to welcome Gina Bianchini to the show. She is the founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. She is an expert on network effects. And before Mighty Networks burst onto the scene in 2017, she was previously co-founder and CEO of Ning. Mighty Networks is a pivot from the enterprise-only platform Mighty Bell, which powered communities for Intuit, American Express, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mighty Networks has unlocked the opportunity to elevate the rapidly growing world of creators with a purpose. Gina and Mighty Networks have been featured in Fast Company, Wired, Vanity Fair, Bloomberg, and the New York Times. Gina, I'm so glad to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I would love to go back a few years, perhaps to Ning, but I think maybe even the story starts a bit before Ning, on your thinking on network effects and how networks would show up in our lives and and your hope and your passion for that. Where did this begin for you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that communities, like we just think about a community, a network, I mean, they're not exactly the same, but let's just start with, with communities. I grew up in a very tight-knit community in Cupertino, California in the 70s and 80s, where everyone was following curiosities, following their passions, had hobbies. My father restored old cars. My mom always had something that she was sort of interested in and pursuing you know, to its fullest extent, whether that was raising and showing guinea pigs. Oh, really? Yeah, there were some weird things on that into. But um, it was just always a place where it was celebrated what made you unique or where your curiosity took you. So fast forward, you know, a zillion years. And in 2006, 2007, I was on my second startup. My first startup was in sort of advertising technology, and it was far too early for, for what we were building at the time. But what was emerging at the time that I was working on my other startup was this whole world of social networks. So we launched Ning Networks in February of 2007, and it was right at the end of when MySpace was the killer social network. And, you know, Facebook was still private to just colleges at the time. And Almost overnight, we saw people's creativity and the things they wanted to do when they could have the tools in their hands to 
bring together photos and videos and blogs and member profiles and messaging, all these different things that they wanted to build into their own social networks. And it was a magical moment and a magical time where I had a front row seat and was not certainly the only person who made this connection, but made the connection between what I was seeing in Ning Networks and the creators of Ning Networks and the members of Ning Networks. And they were for all sorts of things. But that was a magical moment for me to see a system could be built that could bring to more and more people access to that really special community moment that I saw and lived through when I was growing up. And so that was certainly, you know, the seeds were planted at Ning. But as I started Mighty Networks, it was really about how do we transform communities to be a source of mastery, a source of you know, eternal motivation and energy and new and interesting stories being shared by different people. And this, again, comes back to the network effect, which is a network effect by definition is when a network gets more valuable to everyone with each new person who joins. Now, you're like, oh, that sounds like academic and boring. It is the simple concept that has created the most valuable companies and platforms and technologies over the last 25 years. Yeah. So that simple concept of some creating something that gets more valuable to everyone with each new person who joins is that fundamental dynamic behind LinkedIn, behind Instagram, behind Facebook, behind the telephone. And we believe, and this is, you know, our contrarian point of view and one that seems to be more and more proven right as we go, is when you think about this ability, especially around important topics, what does a network effect look like in this context? Well, it's an individual showing up, contributing their story, contributing their experiences, contributing their knowledge as they've gone deeper around a topic that's important to them. Let's take leadership, for example as they contribute their perspective, there's someone else in that network who needed to hear that perspective or that story that day. So if you think about, you know, what, what we're all doing on this journey to master something important or interesting together, and it's what you do, you know, with your podcast is it's about setting up a framework, like the creator or the brand sets up the framework that says these things are important, or this is this is how sort of the, the the steps or stages of the journey goes. But where any journey comes to life, where any sort of progress comes to life, especially around a, an important topic, it's how that framework gets filled in by the stories and experiences, the challenges, the you know the ups, the downs that we all are sharing together on that journey, because that's how we stick with things. That's how we'll take risks. Think, I mean, you think about it, it's like, how many risks have you taken where you're like, well, if that person can do it, so can I. Yeah. Uh, and that is you know, where we are going to be able to operate from you know, our, our best selves, reach our full potential, take on what are increasing and looming challenges that we are going to need to navigate 
as small communities and as you know, much more connected, larger ones. So when I think about the power of pushing the ability to create a network effect out to every creator or, or brand who is bringing people together and shifting people's perspective from saying, hey, you're not trying to build an audience and just talk out at people. And by the way, a community is not an anonymous comment thread. It's about profiles and it's about messaging and it's about how are you connecting the right people to each other, building strong relationships between those people and offering a journey to master something interesting together for those people that if they could accomplish this stuff on their own, if any of us can accomplish this stuff on our own, we would. But what we know is that, you know, there's a reason why we go to school, you know, and it's not just us sitting in our room by ourselves. That's a piece of it. Homework's a piece of it. But learning and progress happens in small communities that are safe, that can challenge thinking, that the risks that you take or the challenges that you take on are incrementally improving or sort of growing. And our goal with Mighty Networks was it needed to be ad-free, it needed to be mobile first, and it needed to be creator-led. And the reason that those three things were super important is because we envisioned a world that the world is best when we are members of millions of unique and vibrant smaller communities, private communities, communities where we're making new connections around the kinds of results and transformation that we simply cannot get on our own as people, and that we have an opportunity to build communities whose primary objective is to master something interesting together. And what we know generally is that when a model works for kind of all of the right reasons, meaning, you know, a creator or a brand who has a following, you know, when they can actually bring people together to build that kind of network that gets more valuable with every new person who joins, that that would be the ultimate model of connected technology. I just, you know, have always felt like we just need to stay in the game long enough to see that world emerge. And I, I believe that that's actually happening right now. Yeah. The fascinating part of the story is clearly this is starting to change. And I'm so happy that it is because we have not had a presence on Facebook and a lot of the other platforms for the very reasons that we've talked about. And when I think about your diligence with this mission over the last 10, 15 years, one of the things I heard you say is that mission of an organization, the purpose needs to be big and it also needs to be specific. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, it needs to be big insofar as, you know, what any of us are doing, we must believe that it can have a positive impact on at least one person's life. <laughs> the thing about software is that it scales. And so you're not actually like it, it, you're balancing or any of us we're balancing the impact on a small group and how that small group comes together. But the thing we know about software is that that small group can become big. And if you have some big networks, you have some small networks, but you also, you know, you, you allow for people to come together around an interest, a passion, a goal, passions and interests and goals, and who can come together. There's an infinite number of combinations. So that is 
exciting and important and cool. The key thing though, and I think this is where people who have sort of big missions, they think that you stop at like the mission statement. And so, you know, it's like, oh, let's make the world open and connected. Well, the devil's in the details of open and connected. Sounds great at the super highest level, but what does that mean? What does that mean in people's lives? So I think that there's this second part of a mission that says, what does the world look like a year from now, five years from now, when our vision of the world is successful, when our mission is successful? What are people doing then that they are not doing today? How are their lives improved? How are we functioning as a team and an organization when that North Star is, you know, as we move closer to it? And I think that that's both exciting and especially in the early days, it's really, really hard. And we all want to be general when we're sort of starting new stuff or starting new projects. And the power is in the specificity. The power is in the details. And I'm also hearing you make the distinction here between why versus how, that there's a really clear why and that mission stays very, very central to everything you're doing, Mm -hmm. but that you're very flexible and adaptable and curious on the how, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I'm glad you flagged that because that was a shift for me as a leader. And I'm grateful that I had the people around me and the team and the customers to realize that I didn't actually care about being right about how. I cared about being right about the why. I care about how are we going to unlock a world with millions of vibrant, unique communities that are able to support creators who then can reinvest in those communities and really make them special and amazing for the members that have raised their hand and chosen to belong. And that remains my North Star. How we get there, it's a co-creation. It's learning. And you know, I always, I always think about this. I have these really intense conversations with people and then they're like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, what do you want from me? Like, this is what I do for fun. <laughs> And where some people sit down and do a puzzle and, you know, it's certainly a way to relax. and I respect that. I actually look at what we're building as this big puzzle every day. And when you can embrace the mission and the slaying of dragons, as you will, with joy and with curiosity, it makes, I think as a leader, me more flexible and adaptable and less brittle. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have bad days. But I definitely know when I'm in my sort of best place to be able to say, yeah, that's a really good idea. And when I start by listening and understanding where someone's coming from, I'm getting better. I'm getting smarter. I'm getting closer and closer to that ultimate goal of how do we unlock the puzzle that moves more and more people from a world where they're watching the world whiz by them to one where they can actively build new relationships that that mean something, that matter, and belong to something that offers each and every one of us the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, where we can take on bigger and bigger challenges 
And we know that we are evolving and adapting with better skills and people who inspire us and challenge us and probably annoy us at times as well. But to me, the team, the community that is on a a journey to master something interesting together, I can't think of a better way to spend my time. What you just said about team was what came up in a couple conversations I had with members of your executive team in the last month or so, who said, Gina is really, really good at not just bringing employees along, along for the mission and customers, but also partners, contractors, vendors, framing for them the vision and having them be as excited about that. And I think a lot of leaders miss the opportunity to do that. How do you do that? I mean, I, I think it starts with clarity in the mission. I think it starts with a recognition that you can't stop at platitudes. You got to continue with, for example, <laughs> like this thing or this thing or that thing. And it's interesting to hear that reflected back to me because I think it really comes down to treating every single person who is a part of your mission, who is on, you know, on the team that is going to bring something to life to treat them with respect. And when you're bringing people along on your collective way of saying, we have an opportunity to choose a different path. We have an opportunity to make different decisions and to live our values in a different way. I think there's just a fundamental respect for people to say, hey, let me connect what we're doing you know, every day in our relationship or why we've hired you to the bigger mission because that's where we all, each and every one of us get our energy. That's where we get our creativity. And if you make a place safe for people, if you fan the things that make people them, their best selves and make it safe for them to stare a fear in the face and like just power through it, especially in the kind of world where you're building technology and it's inform, you know, information services or what, whatever that might be, where so much of what we do and where our success is going to come from is great ideas, well executed. Where is great ideas come from? They tend to not come from a place of fear. They come from a place of safety and creativity and joy. Like when people feel safe and they're experimenting and they're brainstorming and they're having fun and there's a joy associated with it, that's where great thinking comes from. But more importantly, where does the energy and passion to execute well come from? Well, I know for myself, being angry or resentful takes energy away from it, each and every one of us. Sure, there's like some burst of energy that comes from, well, I'll show them, but I'll show them as a normal operating procedure is exhausting. Whereas, oh my gosh, I just talked to the most amazing person who's bringing people together around this thing I never thought of, whether that's most recently for me, I was like, HR professionals in Mongolia. That's where the energy to spend, you know, 30 more minutes on something that you don't have to, but it's kind of fun and you want to and you're in flow. When you look at what the goal's got to be, it's a lot easier to accomplish it when you're coming from a place of clarity and motivation around why you're doing it. And then a, a certain level of joy in bringing it to life. 
I think what you said is just so central. I'm thinking about my own journey with getting to know about you and Mighty Networks. And I have been aware of your work for two or three years and had seen Mighty Networks on the web and some of the conversation about it. And I remember visiting the website and thinking, oh, cool features, but this is just another one of those, we're going to grab all your members and harvest data and advertise and try to lock you in for life kind of things like you know the Facebook world. And then I heard an interview with you seven or eight months ago, and I heard the mission and the purpose behind what you were doing and the why. And we had been going down an entirely different route with our backend for our academy as far as how we would have a community experience or something we could approximate a community online. And I heard that interview with you in the why behind what you were doing. And within, I don't know, <laughs> a few days, totally changed. We actually stopped a project, completely reversed course, and went down. Now, Mighty Networks powers the back end of our academy. And of course, our academy is mostly live interactions through the work we do through our cohorts. But the outside of those live interactions is now powered by Mighty Networks. And it has been a game changer on the amount of time and effort I've needed to put into technology as someone leading a community, and now being able to focus much more of that time on the relationship building piece. And nothing changed, really, as far as the technology in those two to three years. What changed was the story I had in my mind of the perception of what you and your organization were trying to do. And it really, I think, speaks to the power of mission and you doing what you were just talking about of engaging everyone on the team, whether or not they're an employee or a contractor or a vendor or someone out in the world who's talking about Mighty Networks. It, it, it really does make a big shift. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. So thank you. I mean, the, the other thing to know about technology is a lesson that many people have learned the hard way, which is you will never win trying to copy or emulate the good or the bad of the dominant player in a particular category. So this this notion that like we'd wake up one day and be like, yeah, we want to go harvest data and build like a whole targeted advertising engine based on, you know, lack of privacy with 20, you know, 25 people versus 25,000 people. That is a fool's errand. And so there are much easier things for me to go do or ways to make a very healthy living. The thing that I am the most passionate about and the reason that it never feels like a sacrifice to work on Mighty Networks is the mission, is the fact that actually we need a different model for how we connect via technology and what that allows us to do both virtually and in the real world in terms of building relationships, in terms of taking on new challenges, in terms of mastering something that's interesting or important to us. And again, I just really appreciate you saying that. And also, you know, if anybody is working on the thing that at its logical conclusion sucks for people, I think at that point, somebody should take me aside and give me something better to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's really, it's interesting. Uh, the, I think the world really is changing on this too. And I know you're seeing it. And when we started with Mighty Networks back in, it was six, seven months ago now, and I was talking with Marnie, who's on your executive team, yeah. was my boss 20 years ago. Uh, oh funny, funny story. So we're talking and the, we had had the conversation like, oh, maybe Gina should come on the show at some point. 
And I thought, boy, I would love to talk to her on a personal level. Like it would be fun and talk about the technology. But I thought, you know, our audience is probably not as tuned in to what's going on with Mighty Networks and Facebook and all this stuff as as maybe other audiences would be. And the last six months has taught me that I'm wrong on that. We've had half a dozen of our Academy members who have now seen the platform we've built on Mighty Networks who've reached out to me and said, how is this happening? And by the way, I have an organization, either a professional organization or we're doing something internally. Could you tell me more about how you got on with Mighty Networks? What's the story behind that? And I was like, oh, fascinating. As a society, we're starting to realize like there's a better way to do this than form a yeah. Facebook group. And I'm so thrilled that that's emerged because I think that it really, for me, it shows the vision and the purpose that you and Mighty Networks have behind you. And, and by the way, other folks are doing this too, of yeah. the, the creator-led, private, not advertising to everyone. How do we do it in a way where we show up and really have that purpose behind these, these communities? And, and that maps much more to the world that, like you said earlier, we grew up in, right? You know, we created communities in our real life. We've done that. Why not having that same model online? Yeah. When people realized that the reasons they were choosing Facebook over creating their own special world for their own special purpose, again, this isn't obviously, if you just look at the numbers, this isn't everybody. We are in early days, but there's a magic that can happen when you create your own world and people are able to make connections outside of their facebook identity or you know the person that they are on on you know a general one size fits all platform something magical happens and i think that the magic is i think we will see the connection to private vibrant unique communities as a source of energy as a source of you know inspiration as a source of learning and i think most importantly you know people feeling like wow my community and the different communities that i belong to gives me meaning purpose and an edge in choosing to fully see you know my potential through to you know take on bigger risks and be okay with failing cuz i won't fail by myself i'm not going to be alone and only through trying and failing Will I find success? Well, speaking of failure and finding success, leaders are always learning, growing, and discovering new things. In the last couple of years, as Mighty Networks has grown, what have you changed your mind on? So when we first built out online courses on our platform, I never run an online course. I, the only people we were really talking to were people that always sort of started their sentences with, well, I've been running online courses for 12 years, or, you know, I have a certificate in what felt, what felt like they were saying is online courses are this, you know, difficult world that unless you have a lot of experience in, you can't actually create them yourself. And so while I knew a lot about the things I knew a lot about in terms of you know, community building and community design for creating things that run themselves or you can charge for them, I literally did not think I had what it took or permission to launch an online course. 
And so, you know, I went from thinking that online courses were outside of my ability or something that you have to build all this fancy content for and have, you know, a video production crew come and you knock it out over, you know, six months. And instead, what I realized is that 90% of the magic of a online course is being clear about what your big purpose is. You know, why are you bringing people together? Bringing people together and, and just giving people an outline or a scaffolding that it's the members of that course that fill it in. One of the things I think is so fascinating about how we talk about online courses, it's like, oh, well, it's content. It's content. It's content. Well, if you think about like, oh, that's the way school works. School is not content. School is who you went to school with. School is who you, you know, who you were talking to either late night in the hallway or working on a project with. It's the people that you are going on this learning journey with, not just the content. If anything, the best teachers give the outline for the journey and bring the right people together to push each other and to share their experiences and stories and perspectives. And I think that in just a a way that we all want to scale, we've synthesized it and simplified it down to content in a way that just simply isn't true. It gets back to what we were talking about earlier, the the why versus the how. Like I think sometimes we hear the word course and we think about the traditional course that most of us took, you know, in our higher education programs. Yeah. And it's really funny to hear you say this and talk through your experience of we've come really in the same place with our academy of very, very light on what we would traditionally call content and curriculum and very heavy on structure and expectations and a framework and an environment. And that is what people like so want and are missing in so many of the communities online, the learning communities. And, and it's really fun to see those coming together. And I'm so excited that you're seeing that same thing. Yeah. Gina Bianchini is the founder and CEO of Mighty Networks. Gina, thank you for all the fabulous work you're doing. Thank you for having me. I mentioned in our conversation that we're now powering the entire Academy community through the Mighty Networks platform, and it has been really a wonderful move to help us to get the technology out of our way in order to engage our time and attention through conversation and through great questions and so many of the things that we talk about on the show regularly and uh, having technology that really supports that has been just a wonderful move for us. And we're now proud to be affiliated with the Mighty Networks team. So if it might be something that'd be of value to you or your organization, or if you are hosting a community as well, coachingforleaders.com slash mighty is where to go for a lot more details uh, in order to investigate how it might work for you or for your organization. In addition, if this conversation was useful to you today, I'd invite you to check out three other conversations. Well, actually four other conversations that I'd recommend from the past. One of them is episode 223, Start With Why with Simon Sinek. Uh, No one knows why better than Simon. He has been uh, talking for years about the importance of starting with why and leaders in particular and organizations having clarity on the why. You heard that loud and clear in today's conversation with Gina. So many of the effective and successful organizations today have clarity on that why. And if you have not yet heard 
Simon's work, episode 223 is a wonderful place to start. I'd also invite you to check out episode 345, How to Create a Vivid Vision with Cameron Harold. The distinction, of course, between mission and purpose and vision is uh, mission and purpose is what gets us out of the bed today? What are we here to do in this world? What does this organization do? What does this individual do? And then vision is the where we're going. What does the future look like? And in episode 345, Cameron walked us through a process for creating a vivid vision and helping you and your organization to really craft what that looks like in the future so that then you can work backwards and start to think, how can we get there in the best way possible. Uh, We do that as part of our academy work of helping each member to create a picture of what the future looks like and then tactically going down into the details of what are the specific behavioral changes that we can implement in order to get there. Episode 345 will begin that process for you. I'd also invite you to check out episode 410, how to clarify what's important with Ron Williams. Ron, the former CEO of Aetna, who came into that role as Aetna was struggling financially uh, many years ago. And through his diligence, through his leadership, and also through his clarity, he helped the organization turn around and have a tremendous and successful organizational success story. Episode 410 is where to go there for some inspiration. And then finally, I'm recommending also episode 411, Seven Tools to Create Margin and a New Podcast. On that episode, I walk through some of the software and services that Bonnie and I use to power our business, also to help us personally in order to organize everything that's going on in our lives. Also in that episode, I talked about the new Dave's Journal podcast, which uh, I haven't mentioned recently, but airs uh, almost weekly. It's not quite a weekly show, but it's my thoughts in five minutes or less on something that I'm thinking about right now on leadership, on uh, productivity, on communication that will help you to reflect on a specific tactic that you can do differently. Episode 411 is a great introduction to all of that. And of course, you can find all those on the coachingforleaders.com website. That's also the place to establish your free membership. And when you set up your free membership, you're going to get access to the entire member library that is searchable by topic of all our past episodes, plus all of the audio courses that are available there and the resources section. There's an entire database there of resources of software, tools, services, books, organizations that Bonnie and I both use and recommend. That's in the resources section right inside the free membership. And when you set up your free membership, you'll also get access to my weekly leadership guide that comes every Wednesday. All of that over at coachingforleaders.com and you'll be off and running in just a few moments. Next week, I'm glad to welcome back to the show, Tina Payne Bryson. She's going to be returning to teach us about the power of showing up and particularly how to do that well with our families. Don't miss it. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you back next Monday. Take care.